chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat. And welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale. Natalie is your true crime-matic connoisseur. We're just two normal girls who obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. And here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following Crime Chat contains adult content. And I have a feeling we'll have some violent scenarios today. So your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And before we get into today's Crime Chat, Kat, what have you done? It's Shark Week. It's Shark Week. It's Shark Week. I'm a shark freak. I've been watching Shark Week a lot. We talked about it a couple weeks ago and it's finally here. But by the time this episode comes out, it'll be like, oh my gosh, that's old news. So... Um, oh, and Chris knows. I've shown you my cup before, but Chris he also knows. knows. Oh, I'm just he a knows. girl who loves sharks. He got me this little makeup bag. It's got a little sharky on it. It's so cute. So cute. <laughs> That's adorable. So, yeah. <laughs> so in between like Shark Week episodes and stuff, we were binge watching Ted Lasso. Have you ever seen that? No. I like the actor, though. I like the guy who, what's his name? J- uh, Jason Sudeikis. It's really good. It's hilarious. What is it about? It's an he's an American football coach and he gets hired to coach an English football aka soccer team. Mm-hmm. But it he was hired to basically the owner of the soccer team is like just got divorced and she won got the soccer team to ma- to own and kind of as part of the divorce and she because it was the only thing her ex-husband really loved she wanted it to like be destroyed so she right. hired this guy who had absolutely no knowledge of soccer aka football and mm-hmm. hired him over but he actually turns everything around and it's like a really it's it's a heartwarming slash comedy slash a little bit suspenseful but it's really really good like i, I was kind of got into it Chris started watching it and then I really got into it and uh there's there's a couple oh the lady who plays the owner she was also on Game of Thrones and her name is escaping me right now do you remember who in Game of Thrones she was no okay nope I'm gonna forget (laughs) you said that okay (laughs) but that's on Apple TV and three seasons Jason Sudeikis confirmed that there's not going to be any more like that's it three seasons so by the end of the third season Spoiler alert, he ends up moving back to the United States. So he leaves, but he, uh. like, set this... But they end up being, like, premier champions and, and everything. Like, it's a definitely a Cinderella story. Okay. But because we went ahead and signed up for Apple TV, we started watching another series called Hijack, and it stars oh, Idris Elba. <laughs> That's your guy. <laughs> That's, That's your guy. guy. <laughs> That's everybody's man. It's one of my guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's really, really good. It's only, I think only six episodes came out, and in a couple days they're going to release some more episodes. So whenever we watched that last episode, I think it was yesterday, he's like, wait, wait, you can't end it like that. It's very suspenseful. It's obviously hijack means like a plane getting hijacked, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, super good. And also in between Ted Lasso taking place in London and hijack, they left... I want to say they left Dubai and they're on their way to London. It's like, man, I think Apple TV has a little bit of tie with uh, with England <laughs> and, and creating all of these things. But it's really it's really good. So uh, that's pretty much it. It's been enjoying a little bit of Left of Summer, what's left. So what about you? Other than sweating my ass off in Florida, <laughs> uh, actually, it's breaking. The heat is starting to break, thank God. Good, good. There's a movie I wanted to check out, and it's called Talk to Me. 
Have you heard of it? Yes. I saw a preview for that. That looks really looks creepy. creepy. Like, really <laughs> creepy. So I I think yeah. it's about, like, um this game that you play at, like, a house party. Of course, it includes a bunch of stupid teenagers. Yada, yada, yada. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And apparently yeah. there's, like, this statue of hands that you have to hold on, and nobody could, could hold on to it for longer than nine seconds. So I, I cannot mm-hmm. wait. Yeah. Other than that, sent me something about because um, Hollywood can't <laughs> come up with an original idea. Uh, what are they right. redoing? Arachnophobia. Oh, yay! I mean, it was a classic. Like, I never saw it. You never saw the original? No. Mm-mm. Oh. Never oh. watched it. Why is it that? Oh. Is it what? It's very. It's good. Like I. It. It. I mean, it, it gave me. Nightmares is, you know, as a teenager. It's <laughs> fine. Is it all spiders? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. it's it's interesting. It's not like Eight-Legged Freaks. Have you ever seen that? No. Eight-Legged Freaks. You haven't seen that one either? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not like they, like in Eight-Legged Freaks, they grow into these massive, like, car-sized spiders. Okay. Like, yeah. It's just, they're just taking over this town. These spiders are taking over this town. And how people start dying is, and how they how they end up killing Ooh, the okay. spiders. Yeah. I think the only other movie that I'm willing, I want to go to, but I can't find anybody to go with me because nobody wants to sit in a movie theater for three hours, which is Oppenheimer. <laughs> like, I can't convince oh, anyone yeah. to sit down for three hours. My older son, last weekend, he said he and his girlfriend went and watched... Oppenheimer uh-huh. and then watched Bar- Barbie. They did the Barbenheimer. They, <laughs> they did it. They did the Barbenheimer. Yeah. How'd they like it? No, he said it was great. He said he liked both movies. <laughs> and he said he was surprised that he, that he liked Barbie. But then he started looking into the Oppenheimer and that's, yeah, that's very interesting. I'd go with you if I was there or if you were here. Marie, I can't, I can't convince anyone. I'm like, does, does anybody want to go to see Oppenheimer? They're like, how long is it? I'm like, three hours. Oh no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, really? We yeah. can do three yeah. hours. Hours. Yeah. Chatters, if there's if you know anybody in Florida that wants to see Oppenheimer, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that's coming out uh pretty soon, I'm not sure if it's coming out before or after this episode airs, is the Meg 2. You can't wait, yeah. can you? No. <laughs> so I really like the first one. I just I was very surprised that they would be able to redo. Uh, so I'm I'm very I'm intrigued how they tie the first one into the okay. sequel in another life i would have been a marine biologist so yeah there's that <laughs> so for your intro on the story i don't it's a current case you yes said. it is and i'm not familiar with it but what you asked me to do was an introduction uh-huh. on meth methamphetamine yeah we'll, we'll keep it light you know we'll just keep okay. it light yeah which is why I did a very serene background this time because I have a feeling based on your background mm. that <laughs> it's going to get nasty. <laughs> We're going to find out what's in the bucket. What's in the bucket? What's in the bucket? Okay, well, methamphetamine, a.k.a. meth, mm. or D-doxysphetamine, <laughs> Des- I even practiced this word, okay. Uh, da, 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 <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. 
or speed, is a potent and addictive synthetic stimulant drug that affects the central nervous system. Meth is a prescribed treatment for certain medical issues under a branded name of Desoxin uh-huh. in the United States. And these conditions include attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or ADHD, narcolepsy, and obesity. Side effects of meth increases physical activity and suppresses your appetite. Prolonged use of this drug, the prescription drug, includes aggression and paranoia, kidney and lung disorders, brain and liver damage, chronic depression, immune deficiencies, convulsions, and schizophrenia. As a recreational drug, it can be in a crystallized or pill form, also known as crystal meth. This is either sniffed as a powder form or taken through an IV. German soldiers in World War II were given meth under the name of pervititin, but due to the side effects such as declining physical condition and circulatory issues, Germany stopped providing this to their troops in the 1940s. Meth was eventually viewed with a lot of hostility, and by 1970, the United States enacted the Controlled Substances Act, which restricted meth availability and manufacturing. By the 1990s, secret meth labs began to grow, especially in the Midwest, but by this time, it was an estimated 5 million Americans tried meth. By 1990s, five fucking million Americans tried meth. By 2000s, meth labs began showing up in apartment buildings, houses, outdoors, motels, and even in vehicles. In 2002, it was reported more than 7,500 meth labs were seized in 44 states, according to the DEA. Some signs that a meth lab may be present include unusual odors such as ammonia or acetone, excessive amounts of trash, specifically chemical containers, coffee filters, or cloths that were stained red, Curtains always drawn or windows covered with aluminum foil, evidence of chemical waste or dumping, frequent visitors, especially at unusual hours, extensive security measures to ensure privacy, such as beware of dog or no trespassing signs, and secretive or unfriendly occupants. Meth labs are extremely hazardous due to the chemicals involved, which can cause a fire or explosion, putting not just the manufacturers of the meth at risk, but also anyone in the surrounding area, such as children or any passersby. Even if there is no fire or explosion, the toxic chemicals used to produce the drug are extremely dangerous. Just exposure to meth manufacturing can cause intoxication, dizziness, nausea, disorientation, lack of coordination, pulmonary edema, serious respiratory problems, severe chemical burns, and damage to your internal organs. Also, it is toxic to the environment. These labs produce approximately five to seven pounds of toxic waste for every pound of meth produced. Mm. That's fuck. That's a lot. Yeah. And most of the time, they don't care where they fucking dump it. And mm-hmm. they just put it, you know, dump it in the water or waste it. So that contaminates the soil. It contaminates water, uh, nearby water supplies. I don't really recall, thankfully, any specific investigations I was involved with with methamphetamine or meth labs. But there are some certainly in the surrounding area where I live, which it's just common, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so just here's one example. In September 2015, a meth lab was discovered in Sumter, South Carolina, after police received a tip of a potential meth manufacturing and then gained consent by the residents to search the premises. So the cops got a tip, went and knocked on the door and said, hey, do you mind if we search? And they're like, yeah, come on in. They found a meth lab hidden in the floor vents. 
of this mobile home, and immediately they evacuated the area. Subsequently, emergency officials responded, including the Sumter Fire Department, Emergency Medical Services, Emergency Management Division, and the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, or SLED, Uh to assist in decontamination efforts. And it was safely disassembled. Evidence was collected. Police ended up arresting 35-year-old Jamie Marshall Kuhn and 24-year-old Brandy Elena Bone. And subsequently, a 5-year-old boy who was associated to this was taken into protective custody. Oh, my God. That's terrible. The boy wasn't there at the time. Mm. But because I don't know if like it was the parents or something like that. The boy lived at the home. Yeah. And because the home is a crime scene Mm -hmm. and dangerous and both of the adults were arrested, they took the boy into protective custody. COVID also had a huge impact on the usage. In a 2021 national survey on drug use and health, for Americans aged 12 or older, there were approximately 1.6 million people who had a meth disorder. The study also stated that approximately 32,500 people died from overdosing in meth just in 2021. Naturally, meth would also make its way into pop culture. AMC's Breaking Bad television show is just one of the one series highlighting methamphetamine. And I still haven't seen it, but it's on my list. I'll get there. Chatters. Uh-huh. You know, don't at me. (laughs) Um, But I did find an article that listed some well-known figures who you may or may not know were caught with meth. Ooh. There were several, but I'm only going to talk about 10. Okay, okay. One, Adolf Hitler. As a reference to the to earlier, the Germany Germans troops used this to help create super soldiers to fight fatigue and increase their aggression. Adolf himself started to receive daily injections in 1942. Wow, didn't know that. Number two, Marilyn Monroe. Oh. She was prescribed this quote unquote magic elixir and allegedly was on meth during her famous happy birthday performance to JFK. Mm. Uh, number three is also JFK. Oh. <laughs> the same doctor who prescribed the meth to Marilyn also prescribed it to the 35th president of the United States. Supposedly, these shots help cure his migraines, back pain, and lack of stamina. Mm-hmm. Number four, Andre Agassi, the famous tennis player. He failed a drug test in 1997, claiming his water bottle was spiked with meth by his assistant. About 10 years later, Agassi did admit that he was a user of crystal meth. Oh, my Lord. Really no surprise, number five, Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) He was arrested for possession of cocaine and meth in November of 2000. However, he claims to be completely sober, and the strongest thing he currently consumes is an espresso. (laughs) Number six, Yasmin Bleeth. Do you remember Baywatch, this Baywatch babe with Pam Anderson? Which one is this? She was one, dark hair, light eyes, beautiful. The lead one that was like in a relationship yeah. with Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff? Well, she entered rehab after a car accident where she was under the influence. Ugh. After police found syringes, meth, and other paraphernalia in her hotel room, she actually only walked away with a traffic citation. No. I think because she entered it, she um, just went, admitted herself into rehab, I think. I don't know for sure. Okay. Number seven, Jody Sweden, a.k.a. Stephanie from Full House. After the show was no longer in production, she spiraled downward using alcohol, cocaine, ecstasy, and meth. After a family intervention in 2004, she entered rehab and most recently is part of Netflix's Fuller House. Number eight, Fergie. Miss Fergalicious herself, Uh the matriarch of the Black Eyed Peas, entered rehab in 2006 after a dealer threatened her life. 
She told Oprah in 2012 she quit cold turkey after seeking spiritual guidance and being paranoid of being followed by FBI and SWAT. <laughs> Number nine is Nick Stahl. He began acting at the age of 12 and was in films such as Terminator 3, where he played John Connor. Yes. And he was also in The Thin Red Line. In 2012, Stahl's wife reported him missing, but it was later discovered that he went into rehab. Like, he didn't even tell his wife he was going wow. to rehab. He just went. Okay. And his wife reported him missing. <laughs> However, uh, a year later in 2013, he was arrested uh, for being at a meth party. The cops weren't even looking for him. They were actually looking for somebody that he was with to do a par parole compliance. They show up at this party and, oops, Oh, boy. Wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> and number 10, Amy Winehouse. Mm. After a string of arrests for violence and drug possession between 2006 and 2010, chronic use of meth, heroin, and cocaine binges, plus a, a slew of psychological complications, led to her death in 2011. Mm. So I hope that helps with a little bit of introduction into your story today. And I'm assuming we're going to talk about meth. Yeah. Meth is bad. Drug is, drugs are bad, okay? South Park. Yes. Drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> Thank you for doing that because it is a problem. You're welcome. But it, 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 it did get me thinking mm -hmm. that I don't live in a big city anyways, but and I'm kind of like on the skirts of the city, but in the county. Yeah. And I, I got to thinking, I'm like, man... My neighborhood, like there could be people in my neighborhood <laughs> that, you know, because there's a lot of people are like, you know, beware of dogs, like no trespassing. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And it's not like we're on like these super huge, like we have almost an acre on our property, but it's so there's not like it's acres and acres right. between houses. It's a comfortable neighborhood. We're not stacked on top of each other, but it's like, it, get, it just got me thinking going, hmm, let me, let me pay a little bit more attention next time I go on a walk or a run. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the story, you're going to find out, Kat. What's in the bucket? What's in the bucket? Behind me, I have a picture of our suspect. And then the <laughs> handsome Brad Pitt. What's in the bucket? You're going to find out what's in the oh bucket. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Today is about a case that is currently in the news. The suspect's name is Taylor Denise Shabiznes. Have you ever heard of her? Shabiznes. Nope. Taylor Denise Shabiznes. She was born November 23rd on 1997. Her original name was Taylor Coronado. Mm -hmm. She changed it to Shabiznes in 2018. Taylor lived in Illinois until 2007 when her family moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Her mom died in 2009, and over 10 years later, her brother died in a mo motorcycle accident. Oh. Between the ages of 7 and 14, Taylor received mental health counseling for ADHD and depression. She spent three days in a mental health facility, and in 2012, clinicians said that she suffered from thought disturbance and hallucinations. She was diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder and psychosis. Mm. Now... Bipolar disorder is a mental health condition categorized by extreme mood swings that include depressive episodes and periods of mania or hypomania. There are two mm -hmm. main types of bipolar disorder. Both types are similar, but they have distinct differences. So like in bipolar one disorder, a person experiences manic episodes that last for at least seven days or even more. Mm. It usually is severe enough that they require immediate hospitalization. These manic episodes are periods of intense and elevated mood, energy, and activity levels. In some cases, individuals with bipolar 1 disorder may also experience depressive episodes, which are characterized by feelings of sadness, hopelessness, and a lack of interest or pleasure mm -hmm. in most activities. 
The mood swings in bipolar 1 disorder are extreme and the shifts between mania and depression can be disruptive and impair daily functioning. Bipolar 2 disorder is similar to bipolar 1, but the manic episodes are less severe and are referred to as more hypomanic episodes. So Mm. hypomania is a milder form of mania and doesn't involve the same level of impairment or possible hospitalization. Mm -hmm. People with bipolar 2 disorder experience depressive episodes similar to those in bipolar 1, which can cause significant stress and difficulties in daily life. The key distinction between the two, bipolar 1 and bipolar 2, is the severity of the manic episodes. While bipolar involves a full-blown mania, bipolar 2 has more hypomania. Mm. There is a difference here because you can have bipolar 1 or bipolar 2, but when a clinician adds on things like with psychosis, that's a completely different other Mm -hmm. step. That's another step. So with psychosis, it it, it is a mental health condition categorized by a, a loss of touch of reality. People experiencing psychosis may have a difficulty distinguishing between what's real and what's not. It's important to note that psychosis itself is not a specific mental health disorder, but rather a symptom that can be associated with several different psychiatric conditions, such as bipolar. The most common disorder that includes psychosis as a symptom are schizophrenia, schizoaffective Mm -hmm. disorder, bipolar disorder, and severe forms of depression. Symptoms of psychosis that go along with these other disorders are hallucination, delusions, organized thinking, etc. I have a question. So with the psychosis and with the trauma that she endured early, can this be triggered by trauma? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Trauma is one of the biggest triggers. Okay. 2014, Taylor yeah. found herself once again in a mental health facility. She was diagnosed with mood disorder with psychosis and was given medication. In 2017, Taylor was sent to live with her grandparents in Texas and stayed there for about a year. And her family stated that she continued to exhibit bizarre behaviors and had hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Around this time, she met Warren Shabiznes. What's your business? Just reminds me of like, you know how when we came over, you know, from England, like when the United States mm-hmm. started to populate and, right. you know, they're like, oh, that's Michael the Porter. Well, he became Michael Porter. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. So, well, that's Warren from Shabiznes. What's Warren Shabiznes? I don't know. That's his last name. That's just just kind of how they come up with it. So now, um, she met Warren Shabiznes, and they got married real quick. This was back in 2017. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up having a child together. Now, this child, I tried to look, but I guess because it's an ongoing case and because it's happening right now, Mm -hmm. information about this child, I can't find I can only find Warren, but I can't find really anything else about that. So I'm assuming after September, we'll know more. When September comes. Can we add that? (laughs) Okay. Allegedly, Taylor's husband had been a meth dealer and introduced her to the drug in 2021. Mm. Taylor was committed for six months and ordered by the court to take her medication. She wasn't taking her medication on a regular basis, which caused her to have these manic episodes. Not to mention, her home life wasn't exactly stable. And I imagine she's like, well, the meth makes me feel better. Why do I have to take my medications? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So while on meth, Taylor had full-blown delusions, Mm. hallucinations, and paranoia. At this point, they had this booming drug business. They were both drug dealers. They were both users, Mm -hmm. and they were making their meth, and they were dealing it, and they had money pumping it. And this is in Wisconsin? Yes. Okay. And boyfriend, Shade Theron, (laughs) now, (laughs) I say that because I'm going to call him a boyfriend because there are people say no that's false there there are articles that call him a boyfriend and then there are articles that are saying no wasn't a boyfriend she was just he was just a lover he was also a meth head i say that you know with the most respect but like uh he used meth Mm -hmm. and they also had something on the side going on so shade theron was born september 7th 1997 in Bay, wisconsin to tara and michael they had three other kids the other kids they're in the obituary but i didn't want to say their name just out of respect because this, this mm. is really this just happens mm. so i'm like you know what let me not say too many names he had a big close family they made up of grandparents aunts nieces nephews cousins and a lot of friends Mm -hmm. he graduated from bayport high school and he was a talented artist friends and family said that he was a very kind and compassionate person he was always there to lend a helping hand or a listening ear Mm. and the pictures of him you could see it in his eyes that he was a kind compassionate Mm. person he's adorable like you know it's a shame this happened to him and we're going to get into what happened to him. Mm. Taylor, she is married. She does have a kid. And now she's got a lover. Sorry, fuck buddy just comes to mind. Like She had a fuck buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes to mind. So now during 2020, she also had a lot of run-ins with the law. And in June 2020, like I, I listed a couple. So June 2020, she was arrested for battery and resisting or obstructing an officer. In August 2020, she was arrested for resisting or obstructing an officer. Like, this was her common theme. Mm -hmm. 21 days later, she was arrested again. The officers knew exactly who she was and what was going on. Just aggressive and... He knew her ship business. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the crime. You ready for this? Yes. The more I put this timeline together, it is disturbing. Tell me your shit business. I'll tell you all the shit business. So on February 21st, 2022, about 9.30 p.m., Taylor picked up Shade from his mother's residence. Taylor and Shade went to an apartment on Eastman Avenue. Both Taylor and Shade also was using the drugs while they were selling them that night. And they used like a combination of meth marijuana and trazodone Mm. later that night or early on february 22nd taylor and shade returned to the residence of his mother's taylor and shade did not only get high together but they also liked to engage in sex that involved choking so that was like their little thing that they did ottawa eroticism yeah ish bdsm bdsm yes so they decided to go to the basement where, uh, I guess, the mom had some type of metal chains. And they continued their sexual endeavor. And it wasn't a sex dungeon. It just happened to be chains down there. Chains for anything. Like, it could have been for lawn equipment or something. Okay. But they, they remember, they were down there. And they're like, let's go use them. So... <laughs> Taylor picked up one of these chains and proceeded to use it to strangle Shade during sex. Oh, Yeah. That's a great idea. However, she strangled him to death. Taylor then began to play with his dead body for the next two to three hours. Whoa, now, whoa, whoa. like necrophilia? Play with his body? We're going to get into it. Oh, shit. Okay. When you think it's dark, it gets way darker. And I could not believe what the medical examiner was saying. Oh, dear. Crazy. Okay. 
Oh, dear. Continue. Taylor then went to the kitchen and picked up some random knives, a beach towel, and dismembered his body. She beheaded him and cut off his genitals. She then placed his head and his member in a bucket and placed the rest of his body in a container in her car. Oh, yes. Okay. Now I remember this. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Ew, there. Whoop. There it is. I don't I, I saw a t-shirt. I big saw a t-shirt flashlight the other right day. Now. Big, big light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a t-shirt somewhere when I, you know, flipping through whatever. It says, I don't always whoomp, but when I do, there it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> whoomp, there it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. There is a video of the officer making the discovery, and you could see on his face. We would all have the same reaction mm-hmm. with his flashlight. He's like, what is that? And then he stopped and pulled back, and it was like, you saw he was trying to process what the fuck he saw in the bucket. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So during the early morning hours of February 23rd, Taylor left the residence. His mother went downstairs that morning uh, to check out what was going on in the basement. She's just making her rounds. Maybe she had to do laundry or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sitting at the bottom of the stairs immediately to the right. I mean, literally on the last step, the black bucket was there. Mm. And right next to the black bucket, there was this bloody beach towel. And that's when she made this gruesome discovery. She immediately contacted police. There is a 911 uh, call. There is video of this officer coming in and discovering like Like his body cam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's the body cam of the other officer watching the guy make okay. the discovery. So it's sure. two body cams. Yeah. The police arrested Taylor and found the rest of Shade's body in her minivan. Hmm. She admitted that she had been at the residence, but then she blacked out while she was in the basement. Now, despite this alleged blackout, she gave the police plenty of details about carrying out this homicide. <laughs> I don't remember anything, but this is what happened. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Taylor indicated that she went crazy and strangled Shade. He tried to fight back, but she managed to kill him anyway. She said during sex is when she realized how much she liked to strangle him. So she just kept on going. Mm. Her plan was to dispose the body, but she became lazy yeah. and just left him in the car. Yeah, I remember that part. <laughs> crazy. I just... But I'm late tired. Oh, my God. You know what, Chatters? Just listen to this crime chat because it's everything you need to know. You don't have to watch hours and hours of court footage. Like, this is it. This is exactly what you need to know. (laughs) She stated to police, I can't believe I left that head behind. Taylor was charged with three offenses, first degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, and third degree sexual assault. She pleaded not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect on February 14th, 2023. Okay, so earlier this year. Mm -hmm. When Taylor was in the courtroom, she physically attacked her attorney. There is video. (laughs) I think I saw that too. Yeah. She went after him because he was not playing by her shabiznes. Like, she, he was not representing her shabiznes. I just had another, no, I just had a, I just had another, ping, my sister. She sent you this? Yes. Wait, did she send you the video of the of her attacking the attorney? Um, she sent me the news article to it that had a video embedded okay. in it. Yes. So yeah. this poor guy, like, he wasn't expecting it, but then the, the, the court officers kind of wrestled her down to the ground, mm-hmm. thank God. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he wasn't going to represent the shabiznes that much longer. So yeah. she ended up receiving another attorney. And this yeah. other attorney, during the entire court case, he 
was just sitting there writing, not ever making eye contact with her Mm -hmm. because she was so confrontational. She was explosive. Taylor's trial started on July 24th, 2023, which is this month. Several officers testified and the jury got to watch all the crazy video Mm -hmm. recordings from the interviews and her Mm -hmm. just going into detail and it is graphic. Taylor had a smirk on her face during the court proceedings Mm -hmm. and it's flipping disturbing. After watching this girl smirk at everything that was going on in the court, it was easy for a lay person to sit there and say, there's something really wrong here. Like, there's Mm -hmm. something wrong with this girl. And not to mention, she was actually having, like, some type of internal stimuli where she was having discussions her facial expressions and that she was using her hands and she, at one point she even like tend to shoot the people yes. on the stands and yes. stuff. I remember that too. Yep, yep, yep. There was a whole uh, conversation happening in our head that we were not part of. Yep. Scary to watch. It really yeah. is. The closing arguments were pretty straightforward. The state argued that Taylor admitted to killing Shade and the physical evidence supported her confession. She described the murder in a high level of detail and this matched what investigators were able to discover at the crime scene. Mm-hmm. The defense argued that the facts of this case were bizarre confusing, puzzling, and unclear. Nobody could tell you what happened. They're saying nobody knows what happened. They were no eyewitnesses to this homicide. No one saw Taylor driving the minivan, which contained body parts. He also said during her interview with police, Taylor made it clear that she was having trouble thinking. Uh, much of her narrative didn't make sense. So she was, she was saying in the interview, like, I'm having trouble, then would ramble. The defense is saying, because she's saying this, mm-hmm. what she's saying is not credible. Like, she's having an episode. She's she's not she's not well. Yeah. Now, at this point, Taylor also described having sex with the dismembered body. It's, it's something that, you know, I, I heard it once, and I just don't wish to hear it ever again. It's that mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Her defense attorney argued that Taylor had a low level of credibility, that perhaps the killing was accidental. You know, they were having sex. So now the medical examiner explained the details of how Shade's body was systematically cut in shocking details. Mm. He said he's never seen anything like this before. Body was essentially bloodless. A prosecutor then asked the witness if he had any concerns from the toxicology perspective about the blood and if he was able to collect it from the crime scene in the basement. He stated... The bucket where the portion of the remains were recovered. Mm -hmm. There were additional substances in the bucket other than his blood, like spinal fluid, water, and another person's blood. Probably hers. Probably. The medical examiner also explained the process of the victim's internal, uh, literal bloodletting. The back had been flayed Mm -hmm. or defleshed. Mm -hmm. Also, the muscles Mm -hmm. of the back had been removed. So that his rib cage and yeah. spine were exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The torso from the neck all the way down to the groin had been bisected. Mm-hmm. The witness explained, he, he called it providing access to the inside of the mm-hmm. chest, pelvis, and abdomen area. He went on, the killer took advantage of that access to do something particularly grim, bizarre, and morbid to the point of obscure. The left mm. foot was recovered from within the lower chest Mm. cavity, meaning that the dead man's foot was cut off and shoved into his chest. How fucked up is that? (laughs) I'm not laughing. How fucked up is that? It reminds me, you know, some people sometimes are like, I'm going to shove this whatever so far up your ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to be able to taste Mm -hmm. it. Like when, you know, 
this i that's the picture that i just got like being able to see wow is that crazy oh yeah and also his right thigh all the tissue soft tissue had been removed the medical examiner stated this would have taken hours we have a decapitation we have dismemberment Mm -hmm. we have intersection of Mm -hmm. the torso subsequently we have entered inside the body through various cuts both at the abdomen and between the ribs and we also have Mm -hmm. castration Mm -hmm. she diced him up she was there for hours she is she's the female ed kemper yeah she's the female ed kemper and this poor man is almost like the male version of the black dahlia yeah so it's just so disturbing shabiznes stated that she performed sex acts to the victim's Mm. penis like Mm -hmm. using it like a dildo Mm -hmm. but not necessarily on her she was using it on Mm. him i I don't know Mm. on july 26 2023 day three of Taylor's trial, the jury deliberated for 50 minutes before convicting Taylor of first-degree intentional Mm -hmm. homicide and three other charges that I mentioned before, which was uh, mutilating a corpse and then sexual Mm -hmm. assault. Now, the next phase of this trial was for the jury to determine if Taylor was not responsible by reasons of mental Mm -hmm. disease or defect. Witnesses for this phase included Taylor's father, who was in prison at this time. So there's a video of him coming to testify, and he is in the orange jumpsuit. Uh. Uh, He seems like a nice guy. (laughs) He was respectful during the court proceeding. And also three other mental health professionals Mm -hmm. were on the stand. One was hired by the defense attorney, and two were Mm court-appointed. The state didn't hire a mental health mm-hmm. clinician. I guess they felt like they yeah. do. They were like, oh, you know, you know this kind, this case kind of yeah. solves itself. The mental health professionals disagreed, of, of course. course, on whether Taylor was responsible for the murder or not. The defense testified that Taylor probably had bipolar 1 disorder with psychotic features and was not responsible for the homicide. The court-appointed mental health clinician were not convinced that Taylor committed the homicide because of bipolar disorder. They thought she was responsible for the crime. Even if you were to disregard her confession, the state still had plenty of evidence against her. The case is solid against Mm -hmm. her, Mm -hmm. bottom line. The jury did not need much time to Mm -hmm. make a decision. They rejected Taylor's insanity defense. Taylor is facing the maximum penalty of life in prison. Mm -hmm. She will be back in court sentencing on September 26, 2023. Hmm. She had the time to post something on Facebook, which is like, I am like totally, we had this conversation with the Murdoch guy last week about like being able to post things on social media when you're an inmate. How the hell is she posting on Facebook? I don't know. Like, if you're not convicted, if you're in jail, like, waiting. When she was convicted and this insanity defense was thrown out, she was taken into custody, yes? Yeah, she never left custody. I have no idea. So on Facebook, she business wrote, she is married, 100% emoji, emoji with hearts, kiss emoji, family over everything, kiss emoji, little face emoji with the little hearts, 100%, adding like a crown, the word Warren with a heart, Taylor, black heart, Mateo, crown, money bag, she business way, money bag. Oh my God. God, I just don't get it. Okay. So, well, Taylor committed one of the most gruesome homicides in recent times. Her Mm. husband, Warren Shabiznes, also took to Facebook. Now, Mm. Warren currently, through this whole thing, has been in jail. He was arrested too, but he was arrested way before she got this all came about. He's been there for over a year. For the meth? Yeah. For For the meth stuff? Okay. For drugs. 
Well, I mean, I'm assuming the kids are taken, the state took them into custody. I can't find anything about the child. And that's probably to, it's probably to protect the child too, yeah. So this is what Warren put on Facebook as well. He said, my wife might be locked up for a long time, if not life. And and I didn't correct any grammar, so I'm just going to read it through. Understand is, my release date is soon. Either way, my prayers go out to my wife, Taylor Shabiznes. She needs help mentally. Brown County Jail and the Brown County Circuit Courts are failing at understanding this, nor do they even care. Yes, what she is being accused of is serious, but this doesn't change the fact she still has rights and she still has a family people that love her no matter what her situation might be. Hopefully, soon, the court's jail will realize she needs help. People like to be nosy. I get that. People judge. I get that, too. It's what this world does, and we will continue Mm. to do so. Either way, I stand behind my wife. I know what she's being accused of is not who she is. Not only has her addiction played a big role, but so does her mental background, as well as her postpartum depression. I just want my wife to get help professional help because it's what she deserves like i said my prayers go out to my wife i love her more than anything in this world and this will never change no matter what hashtag love you baby boo hashtag free taylor shabiznes hashtag free warren shabiznes hashtag shabiznes empire no matter what <laughs> what the fuck cat what the shabiznes <laughs> what's the fucking shabiznes hashtag go fuck yourself hashtag shabiznes well, mm-hmm. Warren, she will get professional she will. help. She will get professional help behind bars, just like other, yeah. just like the male Ed Kemper. She is the female Ed Kemper. Like, how can you I not know. be pissed the fact that she was fucking somebody behind your back? You're right. Or maybe he knew about it. Maybe he was involved in it. Yeah. Like, I defend my wife. You know, I will stand by her for everything. You know what? She, that's not my wife. That's not who she is. Even if she did do this while she was high, she still uh-huh. has a methamphetamine issue that is still against the law to manufacture, to sell, to use methamphetamines. So, I mean, there's a lot of other issues here. It's not the fact that she killed this guy. I mean, that's that's what it really comes down to, but there's no excuse for it. The way they kind of like differentiated between whether she was responsible or not, whether she understood what she was doing at the time. Yes, was wrong. In Wisconsin, they were like, well, her, the fact that she was taking drugs, it really doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you're on meth. And you killed somebody. They're not going to look that uh, that you used meth. They're going to look yeah. on whether you knew what you were doing. But the defense did have one good point, and this just highlighted the fact that yes, she is a very sick individual. Mm-hmm. That she has had major problems way before she was Correct. taking meth. Yes, acknowledge. We know yes. that. We totally get yeah. it. We acknowledge it. Meth just made yep. everything worse. But the fact that she knew that she made a mistake by leaving the head, she knew enough to clean mm-hmm. the crime scene. All these things, I think she knew what she, she knew that what she did was wrong. But yeah. She was trying yeah. to cover it up, and it was in his mom's basement too, wasn't it? Yeah, your your fuck buddy's mother is mm-hmm. upstairs right now, and you're dismembering her son in the basement. Yeah. Fucking doesn't matter if you're blacked out or not. Like you intentionally mm-hmm. went down there to use change chains to strangle one another like yeah and then she also said she she realized when she was strangling him that she liked it so much that's Mm -hmm. when she realized that she really liked it yeah i'm sorry you strangle somebody long enough 
they're not going to get enough airway to their brain, they're going to die. I think the prosecutor did a really good job because he did not rely on her confession. Mm -hmm. They didn't rely on the clinicians Mm -hmm. that they called. They didn't call anybody. I mean, the defense called it. The state had to call it. But like the prosecutor was like, you want to provide one? That's fine. But I don't need one because bottom line is I don't need her confession. We, We all understand she has a mental health issue. But the fact that she knew what she did was wrong. That's all I need to know. And we're not going to know how long she's going to be put away for till they're convening in September. I could see her going to a a state mental, like for the criminally insane kind of thing, like uh, to get the care that she needs. And that may be where she actually needs to go. But time will tell. Yeah. And I think if they put her in a a prison with other inmates, she would be uh, very dangerous. I was about to say the same thing because her behavior in court is going to be just a reflection of what's going to happen in a prison as far as behaviors and everything because it's only going to be exasperated. Yes, she won't have access to methamphetamines or will she because we know that stuff happens in prison. Yeah. But the mental health issue, let's say, you know, if is she going to have to get forced to get injections of her medication? You know, how are they going to manage that? That's, I don't know. I hope so. I think so. And I think you're right. Best scenario for her is to go to some type of hospital, some type of treatment center that she will, for the criminally insane. Because she, she, I watched the videos, Kat, it's disturbing. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's super disturbing. So, I mean, yeah, just her behavior, especially because she ha- she wasn't under in the in- influence during the trial, obviously, because she had been, a, you know, presumably under any of influence mm-hmm. because she had been in prison. So her behaviors, now it's possible, too, that she was trying to exasperate it because she was trying to plead insanity. You know, she was Mm. trying to act it out maybe a little bit more. Uh, But that's just, like I said, that's just a a, a sliver of the behaviors that she would demonstrate. And, yeah, she needs help. She needs help. Yeah. So we found out what's in the bucket. Yeah. Sorry to Shad, Shade. What was his name? Shade. Shade. Yeah. I'll post pictures of him. He said he was adorable. But rest in Mm. peace. Well, because we don't want to leave you hanging, chatters. For more information on this case, please check out After That Crime Chat. Only available on our Patreon. Including the last episode that we had. Oh, yeah. Last episode was boner. a bonus episode. The boner. Boner episode. Which you can only listen and watch in full mm-hmm. by subscribing to your Patreon as a VIP chatter. Yes. Yes. So... You can follow us there. Follow us on all our socials, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, to see what's coming up. Yes, remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat. And when you become a VIP chatter on our Patreon, you'll have full access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes, bloopers, and free merch. And we also have this crazy giveaway coming up next month that you want to be a part of. Yes, and be sure to check out our next episode. Uh, I'm going to do another Crime and Cosmetics. Boop, 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 boop. We're going to get away from dismemberment and decapitation (laughs) and uh, cutting of sexual organs for a while. torsos. We're going to leave torsos torsos. away. No torsos. It's going to be soups interesting, so you don't want to miss it. All right. Well, we'll see you on the next Crime Chat. Bye. Bye. Say no to drugs.